Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. It's Thursday, November 3rd. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And I'm Juanita Tolliver, and this is What A Day, where we're offering jobs to anyone who was let go from Twitter's content moderation team. Yeah, we don't think that we're going to spread COVID misinformation, mm-hmm. um, but we just want to be extra careful. Keep us honest, moderators. We respect your judgment. We promise some of the time. Yeah, we'll, we'll think about it. On today's show, far-right politicians celebrate big victories in Israel's latest election. Plus, the Federal Reserve ushered in another dramatic interest rate hike. But first, last night, President Biden made his closing plea for democracy just steps away from Capitol Hill, where violent extremists attempted to overturn the 2020 election. We're only five days away from Election Day, and in the wake of the violent attack on Paul Pelosi, reports of voter intimidation and Republican election deniers preemptively stating that they won't accept the election results, President Biden has deemed now as the right time to make an appeal to Americans about the state of our democracy and to draw a clear juxtaposition between Democrats who have been ringing alarm bells for months and Republicans who have flooded the 2022 midterms with election denying candidates. Yeah, I'm glad he made this call. Now is absolutely the time to be making this point. Right. And even with the contrast front and center, President Biden's speech was a genuine appeal to all Americans. As the president spoke about unifying and taking collective action to protect our democracy with each vote cast this midterm cycle, he was inclusive and clear and intentional in his language as he outlined the need to vote, quote, knowing what we're at risk of becoming. The president was also illustrative in describing the active threats of political violence, and he started his speech by aptly calling out Trump for the role his lies played in creating the extremism and election threats we're experiencing. You know, American democracy is under attack because the defeated former president of the United States refuses to accept the results of the 2020 election. If he refuses to accept the will of the people, he refuses to accept the fact that he lost Yeah, it really is one sore loser that has, like, pushed the dominoes, and that is why we are where we are. Right. So what else did the president mention during his speech? Two additional big points the president emphasized were the extremist violence recently experienced by the Pelosi family and the fact that election deniers are wasting no time threatening the results of the midterms. When speaking about the attack on Paul Pelosi, Biden painted a clear parallel between the attacker who broke into Speaker Pelosi's San Francisco home and fractured Paul Pelosi's skull last week and the January 6th attack on the Capitol. He even seemed somewhat emotional talking about the fact that the assailant screamed, where's Nancy, just like the insurrectionists did on January 6th. It's hard to even say. After the assailant entered the home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol on January the 6th, when they broke windows, kicked in the doors, brutally attacked law enforcement, roamed the corridors hunting for officials, and erected gallows to hang the former Vice President Mike Pence. 
It was an enraged mob that had been whipped up into a frenzy by a president repeating over and over again the big lie. Yeah, just listening to that description kind of took me back to January 6th and watching that on TV, and it was terrifying then, and it's still terrifying to this day. Look, it's terrifying, it's vivid, and it's visceral, and it emphasizes how real and how present the threats and domestic extremism have grown since the days of Trump in office. Regarding the election deniers, the president didn't mince words as he called out the fact that Republicans have spent years spreading lies and conspiracy theories, and that's why we see so many election deniers up and down the ballot. The president said that extreme MAGA Republicans are trying to succeed where they failed in 2020. They're already questioning the midterms before the election is over. Listen to how Biden described election deniers who are filling Republican slates on the ballot and the impact that their presence has on democracy. It's estimated that there are more than 300 election deniers on the ballot all across America this year. We can't ignore the impact this is having on our country. It's damaging, it's corrosive, and it's destructive. The president closed by emphatically stating that this wasn't about him, but it's about America, and that we can't take democracy for granted. And based on his framing and delivery, this speech will undoubtedly have an impact on Democratic and independent voters, as well as that teeny tiny margin of Republicans who refuse to support GOP election deniers. Right. That's something I really appreciate about President Biden, something that you brought up earlier, too, that he's speaking to everybody. He's not just right. speaking to his supporters. He's not just speaking to his party. Like He is talking to all of us about why this is harmful, why this is scary, why all of us shouldn't be okay with this. That might not be something we always have. So we Yikes. might uh, appreciate that while we still got it. That's exactly right. Especially considering that Biden ran on being a unifying leader in 2020. He's delivering on that. And I hope it's not the last we see of it. No, me either. And, you know, speaking of the election, with just a few days left until the midterms this coming Tuesday, please vote if you haven't already. Make your plan. All of that. We have one final special edition of our Wad the Vote segment. Wad the Vote. Shimmy times two this week. I'm a lucky girl. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Brianka? Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. So I had the opportunity to speak with sitting Congressman Sean Caston. He represents Illinois' 6th District, which happens to be the district where my parents live. And I got to know him a little bit back when I was home during COVID. So my parents' neighbors at the time had put up a sign in their lawn for his opponent, naturally, I was not okay with this, could not take this lying down. So I took matters into my own hands and made sure that my parents got a cast-in sign and a Biden sign. Those neighbors have since moved. We bullied them off the block. We love it. <laughs> Anyways. I love a sign battle in a front yard showdown. Yes. Love one. And Congressman Caston actually came over himself to deliver the sign, which was very cool for my parents. So, you know, I figured he knows where they live. Why not have him over again and ask him a few questions for our show? So he and his team very graciously agreed. And we did this interview at my parents' kitchen table back in September. I've never done an interview like this. It was really fun. <laughs> it was great. So I started by asking him what made him run for office the first time back in 2018. I'd had a, I don't want to say a full life, I was 46, but I'd built a company, I'd sold a company, I'd worked as an engineer. I wasn't looking to get into politics, I'd been focused on climate change. And I had a theory as a voter that there is so much more about Americans that unites us than divides us. 
Trump gets elected on this message of utter hatred and division. My representative basically did nothing about it. I mean, this seems like naive in 2016. Oh, like a Republican who didn't stand up to Trump. Like, we didn't know that was going to lead to January 6th and all this other stuff. Right. But it was the sense that, like, you got to do something about this. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next in my life. A good friend of mine, she said, you know, if we're going to get the country under control, we have to flip seats like the one you're in. And in order to flip seats like the one you're in, you need somebody who can tell a story about themselves that is honest, that will appeal to Democratic primary voters, and then also tell a story about themselves that's honest, that will appeal to the general electorate. And she said, you can tell primary voters that you dedicated your life to climate change, and you can tell the general electorate that you're a successful entrepreneur. And those yeah. were both legit stories. And she said that she's found that people in Congress who are the most psychically centered and happiest are the ones who know what they want on their tombstone. You know, they know where their North Star is. Having now served for four years, I think there's just tremendous wisdom in what she said, because I'm here for climate. I appreciate that he knows what he wants to accomplish. I also appreciate that authenticity and honesty were guiding lights for his campaign. And totally. if he were on The Bachelorette, they would most definitely say that he's there for the right reasons. Absolutely here for the right <laughs> reasons. So obviously he wasn't coming from the world of politics. So I was really curious about whether he knew what to expect from the job, what happens after you win an election to Congress. He shared a story that I thought was really funny about his first day. Take a listen. There's no training for it. You know, all of a sudden, like, I'm sworn in and, and there's John Lewis. Like, hey, brother, this is crazy. So we get sworn in in 18 and we are immediately pulled into a classified briefing. Classified briefing is because Secretary Mnuchin announced he was going to lift sanctions against Oleg Deripaska and specifically Rusal, this Russian aluminum company. And remember, we have 80 new freshmen in the Congress right. who have never <laughs> held this job before in their life. And so we have to go and have this classified briefing on everything that we know about Deripaska, about Rusal, about the economic structures of what they put into place. Oh and so I'm sitting there and thinking like, holy smokes, like, what the heck do I know about any of this stuff? And I'm listening and I'm, you know, of course, you read about Russian involvement in U.S. politics and everything that we were talking about in 16 and 18. And I'm sitting there thinking like, this is way worse than I thought. I'm furiously taking notes, trying to keep speed on everything. And I look over to Lissa Slotkin, who, you know, she had come into my classes. Yeah. Well, and I sort of raised my eyebrows to her to signal that this is insane. She raises her eyebrows back at me. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, I'm cool now. Like, me and the CIA, <laughs> you know, we're sort of, we're deducing what's going on here. We're reading between the lines. So we walk out and I say to Alyssa, I was like, boy, that's crazy, didn't it? And I'm like, yeah. now. Like, I'm talking to CIA people. Like, that's some crazy. And Alyssa says, that's not why I gave you that look. And I was like, why did you give me that look? And Alyssa, you know, with an F-bomb, because that's Alyssa, she goes, why that? Are you taking notes in a classified briefing? <laughs> 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 I said, like, you know, it's weird. Like, I don't even know how I got a security clearance and they never trained me how to do this. And so, like, one of the realizations is that there are 537 people in this country who get a security clearance without a background check. That is insane. Okay, as someone who used to have a security clearance, that is insane. No, no one should be getting that. Vote wisely, people. What? Vote wisely. Your vote has implications for national security if you did really not does. hear. But also, he would make a horrible spy. <laughs> Representative Slotkin was like, bruh, stop. And he took that as keep going, keep going. Okay, <laughs> right. So he's not a freshman in Congress anymore, though. I know you asked him a bit about what he and his colleagues have accomplished so far. Yeah, and I really wasn't expecting this answer. 
the first bill that I got through the science committee became a $500 million program that the DOE is now running out to basically deploy technologies in the hard to decode. Not bad for your first bill. Jigger Shah, who's a really good friend who runs the Long Program Office, was talking to him about how we could accelerate the retirement of coal plants in this country. And we came up with this idea that we could slightly tweak the rules of the Long Program Office so that they essentially use treasuries to securitize um, outstanding debt on coal plants that are out of the money. It's a complicated thing. We got that in the Inflation Reduction Act. There's now $240 billion of authority that the Department of Energy has to accelerate the transition to clean energy. We did that. And so I find myself now like, why do you want to continue the job? Because what else could I possibly do in my life that was be as impactful? I know sometimes people like I am guilty of this too, think things in government move really slowly, but it was really cool to hear that he'd accomplished something so big in like a short amount of time like this and a very proud moment for me as a former constituent of his district. It's a true flex, and yeah. that's a rare outcome. So shout out to him for achieving that. Totally. I think he sounds great. And when it comes to his race this year, what do we know? How's it looking for him? So according to the Cook Political Report, the race leans Democratic. Kasten seemed pretty confident back in September when I spoke with him, but he made a larger statement about his opponent and some of the other right-wing candidates running around the country that really stuck with me. What's tragic to me is like, and I've had these conversations with a lot of my colleagues, as a Democrat who wants to win an election, I love having this guy as an opponent mm-hmm. because he's not that bright. He doubles down on the base. Mm-hmm. He's not going to persuade anybody to follow him. Right. And he's going to get his butt kicked at the polls. As an American, I would like to run in an election where I feel like if I lose, we're not going back to the Stone Age. That shouldn't be the choice that you have to make when you go to vote. But it is for so many of us, so many of all of you listening, like really scary. And I know you also talked to Kasten about how he's only been in office while Democrats had the House majority. And I feel like he's potentially in for a rude awakening. So what happens if Republicans take the majority back after the midterms? Yeah, I asked him about that, especially because he has achieved so much. So here is what he said. Like, let's be honest, like a big part of that is because I'm just so amazingly talented. <laughs> Another part is I have always served when we've been in the majority, mm-hmm. right? You know, I'm on the select committee on the climate crisis. Does anybody think that committee would continue if the Republicans got the House? Like, they might have a select committee on Hunter Biden's laptop, but there's just not going to be a prioritization of what matters. You know, we've had the ability to effectuate big change. Totally. Not because we've elected Democrats, because we've elected people who give a damn. That is the truth. Anything of substance will be replaced with an agenda of vengeance, which Republicans have been explicitly clear about. That's what they want to do. They want to investigate Hunter Biden. They want to start fraudulent impeachment proceedings against Biden. They want to call Fauci for hearings, right? They've already made that clear. Right. It's about undoing everything Democrats did and then revenge, revenge, revenge. Yeah, it's like it's, they want to turn it into a political circus. Like, I don't know why anybody who has an issue with how things are going now, thinks government isn't getting things done for them, would ever think ever that the alternative is like going to get them better results. Like it's going to be theater, like a mockery of, of, I don't know, everything. But anyways, that was my conversation with Democratic Congressman Sean Kasten. He represents Illinois' 6th District. We will link to his re-election campaign in our show notes. Perhaps more kitchen table interviews to come. It was really fun. Hope we do one again. I hope your parents join next time. I was waiting for like they your mom home. to jump in they and say home. something. Okay, that's a missed opportunity, friend. I know. It was a lot of schedules <laughs> to coordinate. It was mine. It was his. It was a campaign. It was my parents. Like a lot of moving parts. But anyways, 
We'll have more on the upcoming midterm elections in the days ahead, but that is the latest for now. We'll be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S., with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The Ethiopian government and leaders from the breakaway Tigray region agreed to a permanent ceasefire on Wednesday, ending a nearly two-year civil war that has claimed thousands of lives. The conflict began in late 2020 when Ethiopia's prime minister accused Tigrayan officials of attacks on army camps. The government launched an attack against Tigray in retaliation, and the violence has continued ever since, displacing millions of people from their homes and leading to a widespread famine in Tigray. Formal peace talks started last week in South Africa, and Friday would have marked two years since the fighting first broke out. CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart, three of the biggest pharmacy chains in the U.S., have tentatively agreed to pay a combined $13 billion to settle thousands of lawsuits, accusing them of fueling the nation's opioid epidemic. Most of the opioid lawsuits we've covered on the show have come from states that have been hit especially hard by the crisis. 
But this deal would resolve thousands of lawsuits filed by state and local governments nationwide, accusing the pharmacy chains of filling opioid prescriptions that they should have flagged as inappropriate. The settlements haven't been finalized, but once completed, billions of dollars will be paid out to local communities impacted by the epidemic. Opioid painkiller overdoses have been linked to over half a million deaths in the U.S. over the past two decades. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates again on Wednesday by three quarters of a percentage point in its ongoing effort to fight inflation. The benchmark interest rate is now a whopping 4%. That is the highest it has been in 15 years. Fed officials will meet again in December and are expected to hike interest rates again before the end of the year, though many economists believe that the central bank will opt for smaller increases down the road. Israel is poised to turn even further to the right with former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu set to lead a government formed from an alliance between his conservative Likud party and the far-right ultranationalist Religious Zionism party. The ballot count is expected to wrap up today, and the conservative bloc Netanyahu has assembled is on track to secure a majority in Israel's 120-seat parliament. Netanyahu himself built his career by taking a hardline stance against Palestinian statehood, not to mention he's currently on trial for corruption. But his new partners on the extreme right make many of his policies seem mild by comparison. Many of the lawmakers coming into power are well known for their racist, misogynistic, and homophobic views. And an unfortunate reminder that no matter how much progress we make as a society, viruses are still the ones in charge. The country is currently in the midst of a surge of respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, which is most serious for infants and children under the age of five. The symptoms of RSV infection in adults are similar to those of a common cold. But while RSV definitely isn't new, it is worse than usual this year, with patients overwhelming pediatric hospitals nationwide, even before the typical winter spike in infections. Scientists attribute this year's surge to a lack of exposure to RSV over the last two years for infants born during the pandemic. The good news, which will definitely be received well on all sides of the aisle, a vaccine could be on the way. Pfizer said this week that its RSV vaccine effectively prevented hospitalization and it plans to submit its drug to the FDA for approval before the end of the year, which naturally means before the end of the year, there will be several babies uh, ingesting ivermectin. Hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. We all hate it. Shout out to Pfizer for the quick work, though. Like help is on the way to all the parents of children under five years old. Help is on the way. And wrapping up with a story of people with perfectly symmetrical faces finding love, two international pageant stars, a former Miss Argentina and a former Miss Puerto Rico, announced their surprise marriage this week on Instagram. Mariana Varela and Fabiola Valentin met at the 2020 Miss Grand International Competition where neither of them took home the crown, but they each still found their queen. Ooh, love to see it. Still, until now, they never let on that they were anything more than friends. They captioned their post this week, quote, after deciding to keep our relationship private, we opened the doors on a special day. I love love. I love this for them. I love that they found each other doing something they love. It's all the love. It really is. Like, this feels like a perfect plot for a Hallmark movie. Where are they? Like, sell the movie rights to this, too. And then you'll have a blissfully cush married life. I just know you'll have at least two viewers in me and Priyanka. So make that movie. Definitely. And those are the headlines. 
One more thing before we go. We just launched a ton of new merch inspired by your favorite Crooked podcast, reminding you to unplug, reconnect, and get festive ahead of the holiday season. Oh, I love the holidays. Head over to crooked.com slash store for gift ideas that are 100% guaranteed to annoy your conservative relatives. And every order placed this holiday season will support Vote Save America's Every Last Vote Fund to make sure every voice can be heard in the face of unprecedented voter suppression. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, find your Miss Argentina or Miss Puerto Rico, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just expertly content-moderated podcast scripts for me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Juanita Tolliver. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And, and there's, there's still, still time, time to wad, wad the vote. vote. Not much, though. I just want people to shimmy. If you want to shimmy, you got to vote. So you better do it. <laughs> she said shimmy your ass to the polls, y'all. Yes. We got five days left. Vote early where you can. And know your rights when you head to the polls, everybody. Plenty of resources are at votesaveamerica.com. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, The title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, And there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com.